of course, gents, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It is massively appreciated. And obviously, we're a couple of months into 2022. And I kind of want to get your bearing on how it's been treating you so far, particularly, obviously, based off the past few years. Things have kind of changed up throughout this year. How you been holding up? So weathered to the storm now, isn't it? You just, I don't know. Trial by fire. I'm just used to it now. Head down and keep going. How much worse can it get? <laughs> How about you, Franco? Yeah, no, it's good. It's, um, you know, we've, uh, after a, a long period of kind of working on an EP over the lockdowns, um, it's, you know, 2022 has been good because we're finally getting stuff that we've been tinkering with for a while out. Um, so yeah, so uh, so it, it's good for us in that respect. Um, it's great for you know, I guess personally as well, with things opening up again and you know, resuming some sense of normality after a couple of years of chaos. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 very chuffed with how this year is going, especially as we're now kind of going into the. Um, summer period as well looks like you know hopefully have a decent summer is awesome and yourself very, very chirpy uh it was a bit bleak let's face it yeah last couple of years and the last couple of months weren't exactly great but um yeah no nah, these are so far it's kind of brightened everyone's mood i think i've done a lot of walking thanks to the other half's dismay <laughs> but uh yeah Seldon's out. Have some fun. I'm sure we'll be hitting the beers with the practice as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. I love We've you. Had a, got a couple of weeks out, haven't we? Like, uh, just kind of like, you know, d- doing different things, taking the, making the most of, uh, you know, the um, the decent weather as it, mm. as it has, has been. And, um, you know, going, I guess, on Sunday, going back into things fresh, we rehearsed on a Sunday, so you know, get get back into um, the rhythm of writing and uh, and rehearsing with uh, fresh fresh minds, fresh eyes, and all that. So go back years then, in regards to like when when things sort of first started to kick off, and in regards to the band ritual. Um, Obviously, we knew very little. We knew very little what was going to happen, how long things were going to last, what lockdowns, and so on. That kind yeah. Of- when it came to as a group, as a unit, do you think you coped as well as you possibly could? And what, if anything, helped kind of get you through the last few years? I mean, I think it's all it's all kind of very individual because we were all kind of individually in our own, well, literally in our own individual spaces. Yeah. Um, but we like with Ritual, I think it's been this Enigma EP, which we're kind of releasing at the moment. I think uh, being unable to rehearse and um, unable to write, because we are very kind of traditional in the way that we work. You know, we we kind of we need to be in a room and write, and we were unable to do that. You know, like it, like everybody was, you know, in in similar situations. The one thing we had. Um, I think was the uh, the Enigma EP, which had pretty much been finished as far as our jobs were, mm. um, and I guess like we were we 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 used the time in lockdown to um, kind of embellish the EP with like with guests and um, you know, you know uh, think about the things that you know what we would love to do with it. And now we have plenty of time to work on that. So I think uh, the EP in itself was a kind of uh, kind of a way for us to channel all our energy. Um, and I guess that, for, for as far as Ritual was concerned, over the lockdowns, that was our kind of way of coping with it. Hmm. You guys got anything to add there? No, I'd probably agree with that, to be fair. Like, that was... Not being able to rehearse, that we could only focus on the EP. So it was a sort of blessing in disguise, really, because we never would have got the guests, Annika and that lot. We never would have had that had it not have been for lockdown. So a blessing in disguise, but uh, still a pain in the ass. <laughs> 
Take what positives you can possibly take out of what was ultimately a, a mostly negative. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know, there was, um, I think, you know, with an hour mindset collectively, it's like, well, if we, if we can't do, you know, if we can't release it in its state, well, let's just go to town on it. And, you know, at the end of the process, we're able to think to ourselves, okay, right. Well, you know, despite everything over the last, you know, a couple of years you know we've managed to get um tracks with Jürgen Munkerby on with Annika on uh with Diane van Gisbergen on um with you know uh, we've got Amanda Whiting on it as well um my wife sings on it in places and um to get um Marl Applebaum as well as well on it um you're not doing- gonna mention Devin <laughs> oh and Devin sorry yeah oh yeah obviously yeah yeah yeah, Devin, obviously, as well. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of like a, 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 a something great to reflect on coming out of it, thinking, okay, well, we managed to do that. You yeah. know, you know, you know, what were the chances of us ever being able to produce this? So with, with those guys beforehand, none. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my take. Well, it is great to hear because every single band we speak to, from the smallest to the biggest, often when we talk about the positives, things we kind of want to draw out and pull out and sort of say, look, you know, it wasn't always rubbish, talks about time and the time that was given, particularly on records that were either created or worked on during Mm. this period. And it gave them all a huge amount of time that they would never normally get, but also potentially because of the restrictions and how things had to be created, things were learnt new things were learned or ideas from that were taken forward. Is there anything that you can think of that you learnt during this period for Ritual that you would continue to do going forward? Don't ask, don't get, right? Yeah. I guess appearances ask, just... <laughs> yeah, it's a big... Good point. Yeah, I think we'll be a lot more brazen in uh, how we go about approaching things, you know, a bit more bold. Because we never would have gone to Devin or Annika yeah. or Jürgen. But it was like, well, Up in the no one else so... is doing anything. Yeah, like, what they can say, no. <laughs> yeah, all they can do, do? Yeah, the le- worst they can do is say no. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think as well, like, I mean, I've, I've said to you boys recently as well that it's, from my perspective, getting everybody singing on the EP, like when we record in future, um, um, because it's been myself and you know Marinos in part has done has done vocals on ritual on ritual stuff, mm. um, but we really kind of honed in on us all kind of singing on this EP. And um, from my perspective, it just it just sounds it's got so much more depth than you know stuff we've done before from a vocal perspective. Um, because of that, it's got that you know extra dynamic to it. Um, and I think like being exper- experimenting as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, as I said earlier on, the, the tracks were recorded exclusively by us um, prior to lockdown. And, um, you know, we, we had them set, you know, set in, in, in their way, but um, getting, like asking Jürgen, for example, to do like what was Mike's, um, lead in uh, murderous operandi it just it just gives it as i said extra extra je ne sais quoi <laughs> so do you kind of look now as the ritual that existed in say april 2020 to the ritual that exists in april 2022 do you feel like you're stronger for having gone through this experience gone through the covid the difficult parts of the covid years you know can't ignore the fact that it's still around and still impacting things within the industry now. Definitely. There's been hundreds of bands, haven't there, that have like disbanded and given up. I think if you can sort of weather the storm through this, you're, uh, what else can you do? You know, Mm. take away the ability to gig, rehearse and all that. Like if you can still be a band after that, you got a pretty good chance. I don't know what else you could, uh, you could take away from people <laughs> to find not being able to gig or rehearse and uh, 
still come out of it. We all hate each other, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, you mentioned it several times. We are at this super exciting time. The build towards a brand new release. EP? Yeah. Enigma, May 6th. So right around the corner. Talk us through the early stages of the EP's creation. In particular, I want to know about the early ideas and how those were eventually transformed and impacted by what went on the, the years that followed. Big question. <laughs> we had so, a little bit, um, I'd say they had a bit of a, you know, a complicated start. I mean, we were, we recorded with Matt, with Matty Moon in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, uh, and, we had planned about six months before to go in. Um, we, we, we went in November. Um, we had a, let's say, an abrupt lineup change about a month before we went in mm -hmm. at the studio. Um, and, uh, um, you know, a friend of ours, um, Steve Wallace, kind of stepped in on um, the drums because it was our drummer that left. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so we, we had. We had a little bit of adversity in the build-up to it, but you know, we, we got we we got all our parts done really from November 2019 through to March 2020. And our last day in the studio was the day before the lockdown hit. Um, so you know, we'd been working on it and tinkering with it for you know a good four or five months before the lockdown happened. Um, we, we thought we'd finished with it. So we yeah. were like, awesome. Okay, brilliant. Um, you know, we got, we did the mixing, got, got the mixings, F first final mixes back. And it kind of dawned, dawned us on us by this point that, you know, we weren't going to be able to put it out or mm -hmm. it would have been kind of pointless putting it out. It seemed really prospectively, there was, there was no way for us to kind of gig off of it. Yeah. Um, and we had no idea when that would be. Um, so we just thought, okay, we'll hold back on it. And um, we, you know, the, we'd always had ideas with the EP, you know, um, you know, what I ideally want, we'd like it to sound like. And in, in an ideal world, this would be, you know, this would be um, a sax part or, and genuinely, when I say this, the middle eight in Pandemonium, when we'd, when we'd written it, um, you know, I would, you know, think I had thought to myself, if only I could sing as delicately as Annika. And we'd made these little comments to ourselves, like throughout the recording process. So when we realized we couldn't put it out, it was like, well, okay, why don't we just now investigate whether we can get these people on board hmm. um, and actually, you know, do those things. So we've got nothing better to do with ourselves. And, you know, um, in to a large ex extent covid grounded everybody on the same level like everybody was stuck yes you know so there was a lot of you know people that were very generous with their times and um and you know willing to listen to us um and our idea our ideas with it um and we lucked out and that's you know that that's how it's kind of ended up yeah uh, first person we spoke to was um Annika Van Gillesbergen, she'd, she'd at the start of the lockdown put up a message on her socials saying that, you know, if you're an independent band um, and you would like me to guest on a track, you know, send me your track. I'll tell you if I like it or not. And if I like it, you'll hear back from me. Um, so, you know, we ummed and ahed about it for like ages, whether we would do it or not. Um, and we missed the deadline um, for for the um, for her kind of collaboration that she was volunteering to do. We'd we'd missed the date for that, but we thought, okay, you know, we've talked about it to the high heaven. Like, just send it to her and yeah. see what she thinks. And she came back and she was like very complimentary about the track, and um, you know, um, was still up for doing it even though we'd missed our deadline so that kind of set the ball rolling with you know us thinking oh well if we've got Annika yeah on board then you know what else have we kind of talked about you know 
and that's you know when Jurgen kind of monkey B kind of came into the equation um and everybody else so yeah it's it's, well, it's, it's had a it's had a kind of convoluted kind of evolution that's an understatement considering what you described at starting like to where we are now particularly when you just take an image snapshot of the tracks and see the guests alone it's an incredible incredible part but what kind of you said obviously being unable to gig and support the ep kind of stopped you releasing it back then but as you saw the industry tried to adapt to it. And I'm talking about streaming shows and lots of live stuff and these big, impressive, you know, money being thrown out, um, virtual concerts. Right. And then alongside uh, the brief period we had where people were doing sit-down gigs and socially distanced gigs and all that. Did that kind of make you think, okay, we might be able to do something? Yeah, I mean, we did. We, I mean, we we did we did a social distance gig ourselves at Pub Eighty Five. You know, when we we could. were still waiting on some of the the guest slots, weren't we? By that point, though, no? right? We we're still waiting for you know, like master files to come back and final mixes and things. So, yeah, sort of got ourselves in the foot. Missed that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what it was is because you know we we did definitely bite off a lot, and then it was kind of coordinating all these people as well. And everybody has their kind of different, you know, schedules, I guess. And mm. it's, you know, it, it just it just required a lot of patience for us to get, you know, to get all these bits back in and kind of just be happy and content with them. Um, and th- yeah, that just that just took a while, you know, otherwise a, a lot longer than kind of things. When when they began to open, when when things began to be to open, we there was no way we could we were in a position to put this out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but we, yeah, we've done we've done a, a, a couple of social gigs and um, bloody weird, that, right? Yeah, it is a strange, strange experience. Um, Everyone was sat but, down as well. Yeah. Yeah, Which is like weird. That, yeah. Down, little plastic screens. No one allowed yeah, to move. Weird. Yeah, I did one. I watched one band do a seated, socially distanced gig, and they were a black metal band. And it was the most unusual <laughs> thing I think I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, before we move on, James, thank you for joining us. Good evening. I'm really sorry I'm late to the call. (laughs) No worries. We did just kind of dive on with it, but I want to then, if you don't mind on you specifically, go back to some earlier questions just for your input more than anything else. And really, it's the general question about how you personally have coped throughout the last couple of years and the effect on ritual and what it stopped you being able to do and how you handled that. Yeah, sure. I mean, from like my own personal point of view, um, how did the whole thing affect me? Uh, it did change a lot of things, uh, fortunately, actually, for the for the better. Um, I have been really lucky. Um, but in regards to the band, uh, it, it certainly stopped us releasing the EP. I think when we, uh, the boys have probably said this already, but yeah, it totally, it, it, it changed the course of the EP. It stopped us initially releasing it when we'd intended to, but... On the flip side, um, off the back of that, it gave us time to sort of reinvent it somewhat. And we played that to advantages by, I think, getting in some of the guests, which would not have happened um, otherwise. So it's 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 increased the time scale of the process. But I think to, you know, hopefully, uh, it's not for us to say, but uh, we think to the benefit of the music. So... Yeah, we're we're pretty stoked with it. But yeah, I mean, I don't need to school anyone on the last two years. It's it's been fucking mental, but <laughs> it's been you know, it's been what it has been. <laughs> so <laughs> that and uh, everyone's in the, been in the same boat. We said we came along, biggest band and smallest band. It's been an absolutely puzzling and uh, confusing direction. But as I as um, I don't know what's the word I would use? Underground band, in uh, independent band. In our country, the UK, particularly when it comes to the closure of local small venues, things that are the lifeblood of the scene and uh, coming out of it and seeing that happen around us. Has that been a concern of yours? Is it something you've been able to take in your stride and just try and do as much support as you can possibly do? 
Uh, well, with the grassroots scene. Mm. Um, yeah, I think actually originally when the pandemic hit, um, that was like, I think it was in the April, set up a fundraiser for a local venue um, just to help sort of get some funds together. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like from my own perspective, I thought we'd have probably been out of the whole thing by the summer. I mean, I was very wrong, uh, I think, but I'm not alone perhaps in thinking that. Um, so yeah, we all kind of clubbed together and in our own ways, I think we all sort of supported in a way we could initially to the venues, but to the other bands, you know, since then we've been to see some gigs and we've played some gigs. I think when I jumped on, uh, the boys were saying about that we'd done like a couple of socially distanced shows, which was like weird, but kind of also I'm glad we did. In fact, in some ways it was weird. It's like we went to one of them and it was like, you remember that film E.T. where everyone like with the big plastic shed things? It was like, oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess everyone was sort of going through the motions of trying to sort of follow protocol, but at the same time, everyone who was feeling comfortable enough as a personal choice, you know, who went, um, it, it was like, it was a, a, a surreal experience but hey you know um we've done some gigs since and actually like th this week i actually went to an arena gig for the first time in about four years so that that was a totally like you know it's like the whole thing almost has been forgotten about in some respects in in, in well in that regard at least anyway Ghost or Devon Townsend? It was Ghost. Yeah, I'm right. trying to think of what big arena gigs have gone on recently. Yeah, you got it. Bingo. You got your finger bang on the pulse, dude. Yeah. What are the rest of you guys? You got any thoughts, in particular, as it comes to the survival of the grassroots scene? Pretty much exactly what James just said. Absolutely nailed it. I mean, with the survival of it, I think. To be honest, I know like you kind of threw the question out, but like I kind of I think maybe I sort of skimmed over that about the sort of survival of it. I think I think like what initially like helping the venues stay open because if there's no venue, then there's no gigs. Uh, but like in a, that's a nice view, Michael. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in in another regard, I think with the bands themselves. <sighs> just going to the gigs themselves is obviously like fundamental to supporting your local scene but um yeah i it, it's a it's a tough one because i ultimately i think a lot of like independent gigs had challenges pre-pandemic mm. but i i i think ultimately i'm gonna sort of sort of run this sort of parallel to music i think in terms of like independent shops for example some of the fittest will survive and some of the others won't mm. but i think where there's a sense of camaraderie within the scene there will always be people that sort of navigate towards where that's possibly like fostered more within the community naturally and perhaps some more fair weather venues who weren't as much integral to supporting the bands and vice versa, that will possibly like eke out a little bit. But I mean, that's fairly, and that's more of an organic look at it, I think. But ultimately, you know, if there's a, a, ve a venue or a band that you believe in and love, I think naturally like there will be always some support for that. But... Yeah. And, you know, just go out there and support the bands and the venues if you possibly can. So go 100%. On. Yeah. Going back to the EP, um, did you set out with a clear direction and theme in the early days? Now, the combination of tracks like As Above, So Below, Seven Gates and Pandemonium certainly seem to suggest that you are kind of focused on theological ideologies. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, all the, the each of the tracks are individually about separate things yes uh, but kind of we managed to kind of like we use them weave them into a kind of narrative um uh, it does follow a kind of structure and a story it's a kind of the the, the it's a follow-on really to our kind of last EP hmm. um, kind of like if, if, if you want a narrative explanation. So the, the, the last EP was called Operation Copacabana 
and the punch drunk blues. And um, that was ba- that was basically Barry Manilow's um, Copacabana. And we took that story and we kind of like extrapolated on it, on it, I guess. And we kind of like explored different themes or different events within that story. Mm. Um, and it ultimately, it's about a murder at a nightclub. Um, um, in a kind of like a, a kind of passionate heat of the moment kind of situation. Um, and the follow on this, this is about the antagonist um, in that story and, and his kind of his trial, his execution and his descent to hell. Mm-hmm. So that is the kind of like very broadly, that's the kind of like shape and the way that we've organized the songs. Um, but each of the songs, as I say, are, are, are about individual things like the, f- the first uh, track, seventh song on the EP, I guess, Seven Gates. Um, that's the kind of the trial aspect of the story. Um, and that uh, we use um, uh, a Greek tragedy called Antigone by Sophocles to kind of ex- to explore that. It's like a vehicle to kind of tell a courtroom drama. Mm. Um, the uh, Murderous Operandi is about um, the death penalty in the States. Um, or no, it's not even specifically the States, it's the, the death penalty um, um, as a sanction, really. Um, and, you know, that's the your, your antagonist being executed. And uh, Pandemonium is about religious fundamentalism, but um, it's... It's it, the, the the title takes its takes itself from um, Milton's Paradise Lost, um, so it's uh, that's kind of you know which is you know about a, a descent to hell. So you know that's where that aspect comes in, and we've got you know two tracks that started off as above so below and Walk of Shame, which kind of like bookend the whole thing. Um, so like in terms of like um, like is there a a a, a particular theme? Um, not really. Um, I, I, in terms of like storytelling, I, I find talking about more than one thing over the course of a song or doing it more than once a little dull. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just kind of, it's varied. So it's a mixture of things. But it is strong storytelling when it comes down to it. A combination of that, plus I guess as well, your own personal influence as they eke in and well, this tale you want to tell. How do you get that balance right, though? So you want to tell this story as it is, but you also don't. You're not. You're not creating a concept release, either. right? Not. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's the boys, really. I mean, the boys yeah. kind of like, well, you know, we'll sit down and hash out like the music, and that's really the focus of everything in terms of when we're in the room. Um, so they're probably best kind of qualified to talk about that aspect. Um. And then it's kind of after the, the, you know, the song, the music's in place, yeah. the lyrics take a significant amount of time to get right. Um, and it kind of, it just goes in that order. So it's really music first and foremost. Um, and, you know, I'll try and make something of it afterwards. But yeah, I think maybe like Marinos and, and Mike and Terry would probably be, you know, best talk about like kind of the, the process of, of, of of the music. Anyone want to take it? Uh, I can take something. I was going to say, I think you can hear there's a lot of sort of different styles mm. in what we do. And something I've sort of noticed with that is you kind of clear, hear like the clear influence on who's sort of come up with what sort of idea and merge it together. So when you've got the heavier parts of songs, that's, that's all Mike. Mike comes in, starts playing a riff, and it just becomes that. Um, <laughs> uh, whenever you hear those sort of like locked in groove based drum and bass parts, which are quite prominent on a few tracks of the EP actually, um, that's sort of myself and Marinos uh, locking in. And then whenever you hear just music, chaos, those clever little things that shouldn't work, but they do, that's that's all Mr. Marinos. It's, it man's a genius. <laughs> Spend the five minutes in his brain. 
That's very kind, Terry. I'm oh, sorry, I jumped out there. I, I the dog. Oh, we got a dog, and he's not very well. So we're just. Oh, I'm sorry. We're no, no. It's fine. <laughs> so if I was distracted for a moment there, the dog is doing something. Uh, but he's good, so we're good. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> back in the room. Sorry. Last time I sing your praises. <laughs> Really, it's fine. These things are supposed to be more relaxed as if we're having a chat anyway. So all this is quite some fascinating material to unpack. And normally I gather, particularly when he's speaking, uh, there's an enthusiasm to the fact that you like to challenge people, that you are looking to do that because this is storytelling, but this is storytelling in a not necessarily direct way that someone can listen to and go, right, I get it completely. And that is what I think it is. And I agree with them. It's quite open ended. You like to challenge, yes? Yeah, I would, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, um, there, I mean, there are loads of like little moments in it as well that, like, you know, we, we listen, I listen back to now, and that's like, oh yeah, like that little flute bit by that Jurgen does in it. Um, you know, it, it, it is sprinkled with with little things that you know you'll find when you kind of look look back in reflection on it. You already talked as well, Frey, by the simple fact that you've introduced so many guests over this last couple of years. Before we get into a little bit more about them, I want to ask you, considering how long you've lived with this music, all of you, you've lived with this music for a while, even if it has transformed what it originally is, and are we all building up to its, its release? Was there ever a point where you were kind of like, okay, look, we are sick of these songs, we can't move on to a certain degree, and now we're almost there? To the point where it's out, does that refresh it in your minds, and are you feeling extremely the excitement again? Yeah, I mean, I think get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. I think we, as you described it, as living with it for so long. It's, there's a large part of us that's sick, sick to it, to the back of our teeth. Um, but you know, when we when we when we rehearse it anyway, it, it's it's in the room or we, we play it live. It's done differently anyhow. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's just, it, it, the great thing about you know being able to rehearse again now is just kind of work out how we're going to do things. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it, it's delivered differently live. But we've also spent a lot of time writing new stuff. Um, um so like we we we're approaching a point where you know in not very long we'll be starting on our album um yeah. um which it, it takes a very different direction from from the ep itself again um but um <laughs> change of style completely <laughs> yeah I, I agree man it's like uh with about that how fresh it feels it's mm. like the songs are old and yeah like we playing them that they you know there's like that sort of fatigue about it to a degree but at the same time there's also it's worth mentioning that terry joined us sort of in the middle of the pandemic but you may have already given that mention but like um that kind of refreshed everything for us as well anyway because like terry brought like a totally new and really awesome thing into the band yeah. so it was like yes terry <laughs> so yeah. um so yeah that that was that was really exciting and also then we had another gap like when we weren't able to rehearse for various like rules and regulations which i can't even remember when they all started and stopped but like yeah it's like all blended into one but uh that was awesome in as much as like getting back into the room and then starting writing again so yeah it's it's like a bit from column A and B. It's like, yeah, we want to write new stuff and we're doing that. But yeah, it is, it is exciting to get the music out there, actually to like get people's feedback on it. Some people like it, some people don't. Uh, and it seems to be sort of I, on either end of that. There doesn't seem to sort of be like a much of a mediocrity like in there, which is kind of a good thing, like in my opinion, at least. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it's 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 important, I think, to point out that, like, you're musicians. You're naturally going to be moving forward every single day in some way. But ultimately, the pride you clearly all feel in this release and particularly what you accomplished over the pandemic period really, really shines through. Which brings me to this question, and I'd love all of you individually to give an answer to this one. 
So you have all these guests and there's an incredible array of guests, eye-watering amount of talent there. Was there any part of you that kind of freaked out or felt uncomfortable when you got the results back because of how it transformed what you had done? Yeah, I'd say with um, the track with Annika in particular, because I've listened to The Gathering for 20 odd years. So hearing a song that was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. And then actually hearing it with Annika's vocal with like kind of my backing vocal either side and then she's singing on a chorus that it was yeah pretty mind-blowing and that did refresh it because it was i was pretty done with it by then like <laughs> sitting on it for two years they're like three and a half year old songs and it definitely gave it a boost it was quite uh quite surreal it's still weird now actually like i, mm. I try not to play it but i listened to it earlier and it was just like, this is really weird. Like, great, but really weird. It's just good, I suppose. It is. I'd love to be able to hear it with, like, completely fresh ears. I was going to say, I had a pretty similar thing with um, Murderous. Actually, the first time I heard Murderous, it didn't have uh, Jürgen on it. But I thought, second, that saxophone, saxophone of all things in that just transformed it. <laughs> Every band should have sex. Right? It's incredible, and uh, I think it's the outro track as well. He's he's oh. playing some flute on as well, and like I yeah. heard that pre Jurgen, and then once Jurgen was on it, it again, it's completely transformed it. It's, it is, as Mike said, pretty surreal. Weird, to... Weirdly, that's my it, that. I mean, I love them all, but like weirdly, that that's one of my favourites on it. That yeah. out just because it's like an ensemble piece. We managed to get. Um, Jürgen back on it, we got Diane back on it. Um, obviously, it's got Devon on it, and we managed to Amanda Whiting, who plays the harp in Pandemonium, she's on it as well. We're all on it, mm. and it, it, it's that's so difficult to orchestrate and kind of coordinate and get all the parts done for that. Um, that yeah, that 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 just that's so transformed from you know the initial kind of baseline. That um, that Max did on that we were kind of demo, and then it just got let. You know, all these layers were added on. I don't know about um, you know. Um, can you can you like read the ask me the question again because I wasn't sure whether it was it like. Um, were you asking whether like we felt intimidated by it? Or... Yeah, to a degree, but also that you were when when you got the result back and it transformed your song in such a in such a, a way that you kind of yeah. went ah. If I tell you what, if we if we were ever attempted to deliver it spot on like mm. it is on the EP, right. then sure, yeah. I mean, there's just that you know, I can't sing like Annika, I can't sing like Diane. You know, you're talking yeah. about a dramatic soprano and one of like the best kind of. She's Annika's got such like a dis, you know distinct kind of pop um, delivery style that you know. I, I can't sing like those, like those two, um, but then the 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 intention has never been, been to do that exactly as it sounds on record. Like we do it differently live. I mean, we're you know it's it's. I still think we kick ass when we do it live, but um, you know that's for other people to say. But um, it, yeah, it's just done differently. Like that those those big um, vocal sections um, with Annika on in Panda. Mm. Um, are kind of like spoken word almost the way I do it. Um, so yeah, it, I think we just had to be kind of like savvy to the fact that, you know, we can't deliver it the same way. So let's just, how are we going to do it in a way that um, does us justice? Um, I think that's the thing I took away from it. Well said, well said. Uh, what about you, James? Yeah, I, mean, the, I think the thing is, like, when the guests started coming on board, like piecing together any record like in a remote fashion and like no one's in the room, there's not like an instant like vibe. I think like with with the, at least like from a vocal point of view, Franco had some uh, of his like lines laid down that were used as guides. And yeah. I think from a point of view of waiting to get here, what we got back was just 
absolutely just like, oh my god, I cannot fucking wait to hear what they've they've done. Um, yeah. And when when the when the stuff came back, we were just like, wow, this is just fucking amazing. And we tweaked a couple of things in the mix. Like Franco might have dropped a, a couple of his lines out just to give more space to some of the guests, um, just in terms of like layers and harmonies. From an instrumental point of view, I think with with Jurgen in particular, with uh, and a lady called Amanda who's a jazz harpist, mm. when they sent uh, their parts back, we'd left sort of fairly pockets of space on the record to be filled by potentially those parts and so when they came back that was more out of our range of like expectation because it was like well this isn't an instrument we've already got in the band this is like something else and like for me personally listening back to Jürgen's parts on Murderous was like it kind of transformed the track to being sort of something out of less more of like a rock meets metal band and more out of something of like Black Star album by David Bowie, which is a, uh, I love that album. But it was like it had that weird sort of like avant-garde jazzy thing going on. I was like, I loved it even more. Uh, and oh, then yeah. like retrospectively, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on, dude. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like it did, it did, it just did bring it into kind of into. Um, Jürgen was kind of very intuitive in terms of like understanding what we wanted because I I I swear like he must have known how much like we love that Black Star album right and, and like it, it it just it just he just seemed to do exactly what we'd hoped in our you know in our wildest dreams that he would do um he just did it um you know and it's the same with like uh, when we say Black Star Barry Adamson um that kind of kind of it's really sinister sounding when he plays and it sounds beautiful and it sounds really smooth and um but it's just there's just something really menacing under that underlines underlies his playing um so yeah do you all feel that this ep will eventually reflect a moment in time for ritual and i'm saying 10 20 years down the line you'll be able to look back at this and go that was a moment in time that captured the the era the events the fact that you had the time to get all these guests involved the fact that they were able to do so and all of that 100 percent. yeah yeah um, I'm, 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 I'm incredibly I'm, I'm really proud of it as it is right now. Like, I'm like, I, I know that I'm going to look back and think, wow, okay, you know, we managed to get, you know, that whole period in 2020 back in the day. That was horrible. But look what we got out of it. Look what we managed to do. And I think if there's anything that I take away from it, you know, I will, I will always have that, <laughs> you know, um, to kind of like to, to, to have with the CP. So, yeah, I, th I think so. Pandemonium yeah. is obviously released. That's out there and been pretty well received by fans. Doing a troll of your comment section, the best place to look for opinions. Does that reaction, the positive reaction to that track, kind of help ease your mind in regards to how the full EP might be uh, received overall? Hmm. It's always nice to read a nice comment and <laughs> it's always good. It's, oh, it's not shit. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think we, we would like to think that at least people will enjoy it or maybe take away from it that it's it, they're listening or experiencing something that's not like in vogue. Or is it on vogue? Which one of them's French, one of them's Madonna, but like uh, or something like that. Uh, but <laughs> I think I think the thing the thing is is like uh, it's it's nice to see uh, like a, a positive reaction, but I think also like we're we feel very pleased with what we've got with the ep so i don't think like i i mean maybe i'm just speaking for myself but like i don't think we've like set a load of pressure on ourselves to think oh well if you know if it's a 50 50 split on the comments then i think you know we enjoyed making the, the music so that's that's a really good feeling and yeah we we're, we're good with that <laughs> from day one it's always we've kind of accepted it's marmite 
as Khan said earlier, or I think Mike said earlier, we've had people who've really liked it, people have hated it. So there's no in between this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think like from our very first track, I think like we know we we're we're aware we're a, a Marmite band. Mm. Um and you will either like us or you will really dislike us. So I think we've made our peace with that now. Uh, so in a, in, a, in a way, like I'm not so concerned um, whether no, people... listen, we wouldn't put anything out that we thought was shit. And if yeah. people think it's shit, then all right. But if you like it, that's like a, a happy little bonus. But yeah. none of the tracks would be going out if we thought that they were yeah. terrible. <laughs> oh, hopefully agree yeah absolutely I'd be fascinated you know someone who comes along and says it's shit best have a damn good reason a damn good explanation for that man <laughs> oh. that's awesome man thank you <laughs> thank you so guys we're coming to the end here and I want to get your kind of general feeling on this because it's a puzzle for all bands okay bands fighting for space in the online world you know what it's like social media streaming all the stuff that's required of being in a modern band uh record sales not so much important likes way more do you feel that you guys are well positioned uh within this world understanding it and working with what you're given that desire for constant content do you feel like you're in a good position to be able to handle that and do you think you're good at it that's why we'll pay, I mean, we'll pay someone <laughs> no, I think I th <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> Take that bit out. <laughs> uh, I I honestly think uh it there's a there's a lot there's a lot of elements against bands in terms of like keeping like a sound that's you strike a moment in time that is like resonates with people like broadly, but also in terms of like feeding out the content that's relevant and desirable, like and platform experience dependent as well. It's like there's a lot of like variables to sort of swim against. And I think while we're well placed in one sense, and as much as like we we have got like a, a qualitative content I think we've all like arrived on that we're stoked with like we could probably up our game in some respects of um, like frequency of sharing certain elements of what we do mm. but at the same time we we only are using things to a degree in a way that we know best and see fit because at the same time we wouldn't want to just put something on social that was well like detrimental like even uh so i think we we share what we feel is representative of us but at the same time we're not like like none of us are like 21 and have got like we're not on the whole tiktok thing for example which i know is like a big huge thing but like we kind of have missed it out but then i'm gonna throw this one in there we are a little bit older, you know, there's grey in my beard. And I think that the, possibly the way that we reach people who might have more of an interest in what we do are probably we're reaching through the platforms that we are using. Maybe. That's my take on it. I think I'm spot on. I think I'm all right for three middle-aged men and a fucking sprightly little drummer. <laughs> I think they might be talking about you, Terry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to 30, so I'm not that sprightly. <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> no, I think we've, like, in terms of our, our content we, we put out, I always think it's decent. Um, just maybe, maybe not as... Um, it's posted for the sake of it, is it? You know, like, no. see no. someone, it's like, I don't give a shit what you had for breakfast. Why are you sharing this? You know, like... We've never been that sort of level. We'll do yeah, funny enough. videos every so often, and but everything's relative. Yeah. Eggs Benedict is not metal. Exactly. That's a quote. That's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Then last one then for you, because of course, 
the big thing is the EP release, May 6th, as already stated. Make sure you check it out, folks. Please, please do. But not only that, we're kind of hoping you're going to have a busy 2022 and into 2023. Now, obviously, this is incredibly difficult still because uh, COVID isn't over. There are still issues out there. But also, we have this hangover of many, many bands having to postpone tours, cancel tours, booked up venues, and, of course, festivals basically using the same lineups they have for the past two years. Is the general hope, I guess, or plan for Ritual just to spend the remainder of 2022 out there gigging, playing live, getting your face out there? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Like getting, getting, you know, back on the road and, and playing more venues is definitely, you know, top priority for us. Mm. Um, but, you know, if you're a promoter, come get us. For real. Because we'll I think you guys go on any bill. I think you are that kind of band where this whole, you know, the whole theme of bill and don't put this band with this put band and so on, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I am very, very confident having uh, understood your music a lot more recently that just stick you with everyone. Everyone. Black metal at the top. Sweet. You join in there. A bit of rock over here. Some 80s cheese. Brilliant. Amazing. I'll say that. <laughs> For real. Like, I mean, we all grew up with, you know, listening to different, you know, different things. And we, we, we'd all have our kind of core kind of, you know, influences for want of a better phrase, um, uh, you know, as musicians. But um, well, they do go from 80s cheese to extreme. Yeah. Metal, so, uh, that's you know, we do flirt. We do flirt with that in. Um, you know, it, you know, in the music we write, um, you know, you've got no problems throwing what, if something fits, then it's going in. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, yeah. So it's, it's good to hear you say that you think we'd, we'd fit with, uh, on any, on any bill. Um, we would happily play pretty much any bill. <laughs> um, you know, if, uh, if we're, if we're presented with them, I think historically maybe, um, pre COVID, um, we found that uh, people, promoters, haven't really known what to do with us. That's mm. that that you know whether you know we're you know we're too we're not heavy enough enough for a full metal night. You know, in some people's eyes or mine, um, but we're too heavy for like a, a rockier night. Um, but you know, the, what we as far as we are collectively as people, like we would happily play anywhere. Some musical buffet. Come, come, yeah, take yeah. Some, take some sandwiches yeah. or egg and cress or whatever you want. <laughs> I feel like you're determined, James, to get all the quotes in. Absolutely, there's another one there, guys. I wish you all the success uh, with this EP release and getting shows for the rest of the year. I hope it works out exactly as you want it to be. Um, thank Very you much. so much for taking the time to do this. Thank yeah. you. Man. Your time, dude. Thank you, dude. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?